that it, it set the rest of their days um, in pretty clearly as who they would serve. For me, to put that lesson into practice, I have to really tap into my faith. That I trust the testimony of these people that saw Christ. So the story that I'm... When, when did you find him, or did he find you, or uh, why were you with him? No, uh, our family had gone up to Galilee for my cousin's wedding. And, of course, you know, we had heard about all that Jesus did and taught and intrigued all of us. But I, I was just really looking forward to meeting him. And then I heard that he had fed the 5,000 people at once. And as my family journeyed back, I just couldn't help it. I had to go. And so I, I took what I could and uh, went to find him. But I, I just can't imagine what that would have been like to, to see him. The 5,000? Yeah. That many people. I was there. Really? Yeah, that, that's, that was the first real experience I had with him, too. That, you know, I'd, I'd been hearing about him and, you know, the things he was doing, the things he was saying. And I went out and found him there. There, these, all these people had gathered around, and he was up on the hilltop preaching. But it wasn't just preaching. I mean, the things he was saying and the authority he had, the power that he had, we just all sat there totally enwrapped in what it was. And, the message of going out and taking care of one another, of loving one another, of forgiving each other, and especially the message that God's kingdom was coming to this earth. Man, you know, it just, it just kept us there all day long. And in fact, we didn't even realize till it was getting late, we hadn't eaten all day. And that's when some people started getting upset and they were looking around, well, what are we going to eat? And his 12 disciples, the 12 that travel with him so much, they began going through the crowd asking if anyone brought any food and couldn't really find any. Found one little boy that had brought his lunch. He had five little loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And we thought, well, what good is that? But Jesus stood up and said, everybody sit down. And so we did. And I couldn't really see real well because I was back at the back. But he took that food and he started just breaking it and putting it in baskets. And before I knew it, the apostles were taking the baskets and passing the food around. And I was sitting back there thinking, well, I, I'm not going to get any, you know, I'm all the way back here. And when they finally got back there, the baskets were full of food. And I thought, well, maybe I ought to just take a little. And, you know, the disciples said, no, just take as much as you want. Eat all you want. So I grabbed two handfuls and just started eating and ate till I was full and they came back around taking up scraps, cleaning up, and, you know, just, uh, it was just amazing. It was amazing. Wow. What do you remember most about our time with him? Well, uh, there's just so many things. Um, the teachings, the miracles. I, I guess the first one that I ever saw, I was, I was looking for him. I had I'd searched here and there and seen different crowds that thought they might know where he was, and finally I came across this crowd at the foot of a mountain. And, and there was something different about it. At first, I thought there was a fight that broke out. There was just all, all this dust and commotion. And, um, and, and so I just I walked up to it as close as I could get because I knew something was going on. And this man and his friends had brought the man's son. And he couldn't have been older than 10. And the little boy had a demon or something. And he, he just had convulsions and, and seizures and he, he was just foaming at the mouth and screaming and just a, a horrible sight and they just shoved him upon Jesus as he and the three came down the mountain and Jesus in his calm way 
just motioned for him to come to him. And as he did, the, the boy was just thrown to the ground and started to shake. And I don't know what Jesus said, but I, knew, I know he said something. And the minute that he said that, the boy was totally changed. He, his face looked different. And I'll never forget the, the face of the father. Just completely overjoyed and amazed. Of course, all of us were. It was just one of the most amazing things ever. And that, that started all the things that we've seen. You know, being with him, it's just like, Wow. You know, his message about the kingdom, and I thought this was it. This was really going to be it, that everything was going to change and that God was going to reign on the earth. The Messiah was here, and it just seemed like, here it is. Well, it was real. Uh, there, there hasn't been a movement that people from everywhere have come and followed someone like they did him, and we all did. I, but I know there's nothing that I've believed in more. Than, than him, but the power that he had, the authority that he had, the following that he had, um, Jews, Samaritans followed, the rich, the poor, it, it just, and, and then uh, the way that we marched right into Jerusalem. Wow, wasn't that great? That was amazing. I, I never will forget being on top of the Mount of Olives and looking out over the city of Jerusalem, and then someone bringing Jesus that little donkey and him climbing up on that donkey and starting down that rocky trail with us following behind. And as we were going, looking out, and it just looked like a river of people flooding out of the city and lining that trail. And people were raving palm branches, and guys were taking their coats off and laying down for the donkey to walk across. And they were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. That you are the son of David, Lord, save us. And that was just last week. That was a week ago today. And how does it go from all of that in seven days to... I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I know that it caused problems when he did what he did in the temple. Were, were you there for that? Did oh, you yeah. see that? <laughs> Went in the temple and... You know, everything was going along according to normal, but Jesus was so angry that they had taken God's house and made it a a marketplace, a bank, exchanging money, cheating people. And when he threw that fit and picked up those ropes, it was, you know, started swinging those ropes, they scattered. (laughs) They were gone. They were out of there. And maybe that was it. I don't know. But you know, all along, everywhere we went, the authorities had it in for him. I, I think it just built up and built up, and there it was. Well, I, I think that that needed to be done in the temple for a long time, but I definitely I had a feeling <laughs> that that wouldn't go that well. But, you know, the, the authorities were out to get him from the start, but they couldn't handle it. They, they could not beat him. If it wasn't for Judas going to them and turning him over, I don't think any of this would have happened. But, I mean... But then who are we to blame because we weren't there when he needed us either. You know what I was doing last night or the Friday night? I, I went to sleep. I, I knew he took his 12 apostles and they went off to have the Passover. And I just went to bed. Had no idea that he had been arrested. Didn't have any idea he had been to trial until someone came and got me and said he had been condemned to death to be crucified on the cross. I don't think I'll ever forgive myself. Why didn't I stay? Maybe I could have done something. Maybe something would have changed. 
But you know how bad and how backwards has it gotten that the Savior of the world, the Redeemer of Israel, comes with all of His authority, with all of His power, tells the, the leaders how it is, and in return we give Him death, death on a cross. So what now? What are you going to do? There's just a lot of people at home I have to face. You know, I haven't been back since I left. So who knows what they know about me. I know that uh, my family, even though they were interested, they really didn't want me to go. And they, they told me not to. So I can, just, I can just hear my father's words right now when I go back. But I guess just to somehow try to get back to normal. I don't know what normal is going to be for me. I sold my business. You know, I, I thought, like I said, the world was changing. And I cashed out and gave most of that money away. Remember when he said that, that we should sell all we have and give it to the poor? Well, I don't know that I gave all, but I, I, don't, I don't know what. What's, I don't know. At my age, getting back and trying to start again, just don't know. Well, it's getting kind of late. If we're going to make it all the way to Emmaus, we better get going. So, knowing what we know now, we had it to do all over again. Would you do it? Hmm. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and walked with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and to be crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. It is now the third day since these things took place. And some of the women from our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and they did not find his body there. They came back and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he is alive. And some of the disciples went to the tomb and found it empty, just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have told us. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all scriptures. As they came near Emmaus, Jesus continued walking, but the two men urged him, saying, Stay with us, 
because the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? I love this story because it touches so much within us. It certainly reaches in and touches the disappointments in life. Here, these two guys had given up so much to be his disciples, and yet it had all just fallen apart on them. They had no idea, even though Jesus had told them, as we know, reading the Gospels, that he would die. They had no clue it was really going to happen. And so everything that they had built up, everything that they had wanted, everything that they supposed was going to happen was suddenly taken away from them. Now, we can relate to that because every one of us in this room have experienced disappointments in life. There have been those times when it didn't seem like what we wanted to happen, what we thought was going to happen, all that is gone. And what do we do now? But on the other hand, we can relate to the excitement and the joy that they felt whenever they realized that Jesus was alive again. Now, that hits on so many levels, doesn't it? First of all, just on a human level, that someone that they admired so much, a friend of theirs, they had lived with, ate with, and 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 he was gone, but now he's back. Here he is. Again, we can relate because every one of us have said goodbye to someone that we love. We've all said goodbye to someone that we wish we could just talk to one more time. I think about my dad. So many times things come up and I thought, oh, I wish I could ask him that question. And how wonderful it would be just to have a little while to sit around and talk and to ask some of the things and to talk about some of the things that we didn't talk about before. So on that level, we can see how these disciples were rejoicing that the one that they loved, their friend, was back again. But it's so much more than that. It goes so much deeper than that. Because the resurrection of Jesus was not just the resurrection of one individual. It wasn't just one friend returning to his friends. What we have to know and realize and believe with all of our hearts, is that the resurrection of Jesus means that death itself has been defeated. It means that it no longer has its permanent hold on us, and that his victory over death sets the course of our own futures as well. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and that gives us hope. Hope that life as we now experience it is not the sum total of our whole existence. Hope that this earth, with all of its troubles, with all of its sorrows and its disappointments, that it will not always be this way. Because Jesus himself, in his pre-
teaching said that the kingdom of God will come, that there will be a new heaven, a new earth, and everything will be like it was supposed to be all along. That is our hope. Not just that I will be with God, but that God will be with us. Not that I will just be in heaven, but that heaven will be on earth, and earth will be right again. Well, what do we do with that hope? What does it mean to us today? As we come to the end of this service in a few minutes, what are we going to take away with our faith that Jesus was raised from the dead? How will it affect us this afternoon and tomorrow and next week and on through the rest of our lives? The Apostle Paul dealt with that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is about the resurrection and what Jesus' resurrection means for us, what our resurrection will mean as well. And let me read just the end as he gets so excited thinking about what Jesus has done for us and what he has opened up before us. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability. This mortal body must put on immortality. And when this perishable body puts on imperishability, when this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So what does it mean? What do we do now? What are we supposed to leave this place to do? Paul continues. There's one more verse in this chapter. And he turns to us and says, Therefore, therefore, be steadfast in your faith. Be immovable. And go out from here and excel in the work of the Lord. And what does that mean? Go out from here and excel in the work of the Lord. Well, just like these disciples were talking about, those that got to walk with Jesus and see him and hear him with their ears, they saw what he did. He talked about the kingdom of heaven, but he lived the kingdom of heaven. He brought peace to those around him. He brought love to those around him. He gave mercy and grace to those around him. He brought forgiveness to those around him. He healed. He comforted. He encouraged. This is the work of the Lord because this is the work of the kingdom of God and this is the way this earth will someday be. But we are the forerunners. We who know how the story is going to end. We go out from here and we excel in doing the work of the Lord and the work of God's kingdom. Let me finish the verse. Go out excelling in the work of the Lord because you know what? Everything you do in the Lord is not in vain. Every piece of the kingdom that we bring to our own world will flourish and grow. It will open the doors of the kingdom to others. 
So we hear the story and hear the announcement that the Lord is risen. And we recognize that we are changed forever. And we go out and we show what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now there's one more thing before we leave this story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We haven't yet read the last part of the story. Listen to what they do when they realize that Jesus is alive, that they can be with him again. That same hour, they got up and ran back to Jerusalem, and they found the 11 disciples and their companions gathered together. And they were talking. They were saying, you know what? The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon Peter. And so these two disciples, they shared what had happened to them on the road. But then they said, we knew him in the breaking of the bread. We do not leave here alone today. We leave here in the presence of our Lord. Because he left for us bread and wine. And to us he comes. Whenever we break the bread in his name, he reveals himself to us. And he comes to us and walks the road alongside. Welcome to the table of the Lord. Come drink the wine, come share the Lord. No one is a stranger here, everyone belongs. Finding our forgiveness here, we in turn forget all wrongs. He joins us the bread. The Lord who pours the cup is risen from the dead. The one we love the most is now our gracious host. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord. We are now a family which the Lord is at. The unseen meets us here in the breaking of the bread. We'll gather soon where angels sing. We'll see the glory of our Lord and coming King. Now we anticipate the feast for which we wait. Come take the bread, come drink the wine, come share the Lord.